it's probably the most important lesson. The student should be the sender of all emails to colleges, potential employers, those for whom they want to do an internship or just do a job shadow with. The student needs to be the sender. The parent might be along for the ride, but they really should not be coaching the student. So it stays in the student's voice because the adults will know. Well, hello, I'm Lisa Marker Robbins, and I want to welcome you to episode 10 of College and Career Clarity, a Flourish Coaching production. I'm going to do something a little different because it's early spring 2022. I want to do a solo episode because the time of year has me thinking about our topic at hand. And that is our students reaching out and being bold and appropriately communicating with those at the colleges, those at their school, those maybe that can connect them as they build their network. So I'm doing a solo episode today with some of my tips and tricks to build confidence into students for what can feel like a very scary process sometimes. The reason this is top of mind today is this time of year, I have seniors that I've worked with that are trying to make that final decision on where to enroll for college for the next four years. And as they do so, They're maybe working their network, talking to students who have gone to those colleges before them, talking to alumni, reaching out to the colleges themselves and asking what feels like bold questions so that the student can get clarity to make informed decisions. I'm working with juniors who they know that the deadline to apply is staring them down. As soon as their junior year is over, If they follow my recommendation, they are already writing essays for college applications and filling out applications. They'll be hitting submit by fall of their senior year. They will have a menu of schools that feels like it fits, but how do they get to that fit? They have to, again, reach out, ask the right questions, get on campuses, either virtually or in person, interact, do their research. And we're in a new cohort right now of my launch career clarity course. It is my college major and career coaching course that I do with 16 to 25-year-olds. And as I'm working with the students in that group, I'm asking them to do bold things as they figure out what future college major and first step into career aligns with who they are. They're building a network, they're doing research, and they too are getting on campuses. So as I'm going through my work week, I have a lot of students that I'm asking to do brave interaction with adults so that they can get clear on what comes next. So to make it feel less scary for our students, because the reality is they need to do the communicating. The student needs to be in the driver's seat, not the parent. 
So to make them brave, to inspire them to do so, I've developed tips, tricks, and templates so that it can make it feel more figure-outable. I'm grabbing that term from Marie Forleo, and I fully believe that everything is figure-outable. Many times, the parents are tempted to intervene and jump into their student's email and send an email on behalf of the students. And I caution you, stop, don't do it. These college admissions professionals, they are used to interacting with young adults and teens, and they know the voice of a teenager, which is very different than the parent voice. So parent, move to the passenger seat, coach your student. Move to the back seat. Try not to be a backseat driver. Or get ready to get out of the car and put your student in the driver's seat. That's where they need to be. Okay, so I want to go through what some of my tips and tricks are for students being bold to interact intelligently, be well-spoken and appropriate, and to elicit a response from those they're interacting with. First of all, I already said this, but I'm going to repeat it again because it's probably the most important lesson. The student should be the sender of all emails to colleges, potential employers, those for whom they want to do an internship or just do a job shadow with. The student needs to be the sender. The parent might be along for the ride, but they really should not be coaching the student so it stays in the student's voice because the adults will know. Now, who do you write to when you're reaching out to people? If it's college, you might want to dive into their website, figure out if it's somebody in the business department you're reaching out to or perhaps somebody in the admissions office who the appropriate person to write to is. If you're seeking a job or a job shadow or an extracurricular involvement that you want to do, you'll probably know the person. Be sure to call them Mr. or Ms. and start out more formal. I would rather you err on the side of being more formal than too casual to begin with. And you'll know over time as you interact if you can move into the more casual space of first names. But for the times that you can't find an exact name of a person to write to, it's okay. You can go ahead and write to whom it may concern. That is fully acceptable because it can be difficult. Some schools actually make it difficult on their websites to find out whom you should be communicating with. So to whom it may concern, dear college admissions officer, or anything like that is perfectly fine. Now, before you write your email, whether it's to a college, a potential job that you're applying for, or someone you're asking to do an informational interview about their career or ask for a job shadow, do your research. You have to be well prepped. So let's say going to engage with a college. Go to the website, thoroughly search and scan, use keywords, try to find your answers before you write your email, okay? If it's about job shadowing at a particular company or you've got an interview for something, research the company, research the position, research the person 
whom you may be job shadowing or interviewing with. Do your research. We don't want to waste people's time by asking questions that are easily answered on a website. And when you are obviously well-researched and informed by how you write your email, then you're going to stand out from the crowd. You're going to appear as if you are serious and invested, and that will increase the likelihood that you're going to get engagement and a response. Speaking of getting a response, research shows that when anyone, not just you students, but when any of us send an email to someone that we're not already fully engaged with, we need to ask at least one question, but not more than three questions to increase the chance that we're going to get a response. Now, you might hear that and think, but Lisa, I have six questions, seven questions. I need to know so many things. Well, hit pause, pick your perhaps three most important questions and lead with them. Once you create a connection, you can always continue the conversation. So your first email is likely not your last email if you get a response. But research does show that when you ask more than three questions, it decreases the likelihood of getting a response. So one to three questions, that's it. Obviously, we want to ask at least one. Okay, how do you end your email? I researched this and studies show that the best email ending on your inquiry is thank you in advance which shows both appreciation for the person taking the time for reading it and an expectation that you will likely get a reply. It plants that seed. So use the thank you in advance, a little more formal than thanks and best and things like that. But show your appreciation and plant the seed of expectation that you will get a reply. Give the person time to reply to you. Don't start worrying why you wait. Everyone is very busy. So patience is the name of the game while you're waiting to hear from someone. Don't badger them. It's completely appropriate, though, if after, say, a week to 10 days, you've not heard from them, to resend the original email, keep the original in there, and add something at the top you know, dear so-and-so, I just wanted to reach out again in case this landed in your junk mail or your inbox is overflowing and check in with the below. You don't need to retype everything. So let them know this way that it is a resend in a very nice way. You can always put resending on the subject line and that may catch their attention as well. This time, you could also go ahead and sign it with respect instead of thank you in advance. So those are some tips to hopefully give you a framework that makes it easier to interact with colleges, adults, potential employers. And I think, and I know that most students, high school or college, can benefit from this advice as a build confidence, and build their network. 
So I've got something special for everybody that's listening to this episode, this short episode, this time, this solo short. And that is a downloadable tips and tricks. And I even put a couple of my templates in there that you can borrow some of my language from and make it your own when you're interacting, particularly with the colleges. So go to the show notes. I'll have a link to go over and click to download my tips, tricks, and templates. And I hope that those will be helpful to you as you engage with people and plan for your future. If today's episode was helpful to you, please share it with a friend who needs this too. Sharing, following the podcast, rating, and reviewing helps us resource more students to launch into a successful future. Thank you for listening to the College and Career Clarity Podcast, where I help your family move from overwhelmed and confused to motivated, clear, and confident about your teen's future.